0: Welcome to the Jungian Anthology Podcast from the C.G. Jung Institute of Chicago. Healing Cinema. Gaslight. This episode is the first in a new series called Healing Cinema. Judith Cooper, PsyD, and Daniel Ross, PMHNP Psychiatric Mental Health Nurse Practitioner, members of the Chicago Society of Jungian Analysts, discuss films from a Jungian point of view, These informal discussions will be released in parallel with our other episodes, lectures from our archives and interviews by Patricia Martin, and will not be on any particular schedule. In this episode, Judith and Dan discuss the 1944 film Gaslight. At some point, they mention the fairy tale Fitcher's Bird, which you may or may not be familiar with, so if you want more information. There's a link to the Wikipedia page about it in the show notes. Judith Cooper psy is a clinical psychologist and diplomate Jungian analyst in private practice in Chicago. She is a graduate and member of the C.G. Jung Institute of Chicago. She was adjunct faculty at the Illinois School of Professional Psychology teaching projective testing. She was clinical supervisor and director of training of an APA accredited psychology internship program at a community mental health center in Northwest Indiana. She has taught in the analyst training program and lectured on the anima animus and the clinical use of film. Daniel Ross, RN, PMHNP, MSN, MBA, has been a nurse for 40 years and in hospice for over 30. As a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and Jungian analyst, he brings a medical, psychiatric and analytical perspective to the field of end of life care. He first completed the two year clinical training program, now the JVP JSP, at the C.G. Jung Institute of Chicago, then went on to complete the analyst training program. He is in private practice in the Northwest suburbs working with adults seeking psychotherapy and continues to see hospice and palliative care patients at the end of life. He is co director of the Union Psychotherapy Program and Union Studies Program at the C.G. Jung Institute of Chicago. Before we get to their discussion, I just want to share a couple more uh, submissions from listeners. Linda from Virginia says, RN by background, master's in counseling psychology. Hung out at the Jung Institute quite often in the 90s when I lived in Chicago. Same Jungian spiritual director for 37 years, now 66, working on, quote, part three, according to my dreams. Saw the podcast on a LinkedIn feed and looking for the next step on the path Marcella Towbridge from Connecticut says, I began working in 2017 with a man named Thomas Pratke in Berlin, Germany, as part of the Integral Movement and Performance Practice Program, uh, IMPP. The IMPP integrates Lecoq physical theater and neutral mask work with Jungian psychology, the teachings of Karl Fred Durkheim, mythological archetype and Zen meditation. I am a longtime theater artist with a commitment to a deeper understanding of humanity and believe in artists as cultural healers. I've specifically been looking at grief as a threshold for increased consciousness, individuation, and integration. I am more and more drawn to, quote, mature beings as practitioners and teachers. Thanks, everyone, for sharing. If you would like to share something about yourself, just click the link in the show notes. So now here's the discussion.
1: Okay. Uh, My name is Dan Ross. I'm a Judith Cooper, uh, and we are here uh, with the inauguration of our first podcast uh, titled Healing Cinema. Uh, it's joining uh, Ye- Jungian analysis with, with film. And this idea first came to me when I was working with Judith, who was my supervisor during training, during my training as a uh, in the analyst training program at the C.J. Jung Institute of Chicago. And uh, one of the things that came out of our supervision, when we were talking about um, patients uh, that that I was working with, was how we both used film to amplify certain archetypal themes, and we would both get excited about this in the course of uh, in the course of the sessions that we had. And I always remembered that. I think the thought for for this type of thing came to me even back then, which is now several years ago, and it occurred to me more recently that we really need to do something with that. When I presented the idea to Judith, uh, she was uh, uh, very interested and excited as well. Uh, Judith is a, a senior analyst with the Jung Institute of Chicago, and I'm a more recent graduate. I'm a neophyte in this in this business
2: not psychologically (laughs) uh, you're very (laughs) astute
1: so judith why don't you tell about yourself
2: uh i graduated this the chicago institute in 2000 and uh did my thesis actually on the animus the uh construct one of the constructs of Jung's map of the psyche and uh have always been interested in film and um melding my two loves, uh, film and psychology. Actually, I've been in a film group where we're all pretty much all analysts for almost 30 years and some of us are Jungian and I kind of came of age in that group. Um, And so I, I just love this work. And Dan and I, when we would talk, we would invariably mention what our latest uh, love film loves are, and we would we would just get uh, beside ourselves with with uh, glee and excitement and uh, and as often happens with a connection like that, it 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 just we build on each other's thoughts and uh, and ideas and our insights are more than the sum of our two parts. So we're hoping that the. <laughs> the podcast reflects
1: some of that excitement and uh, depth. Good, 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 good. Um, And the the film that we're going to to launch this with is a film that we both love called Gaslight. It's the 1944 uh, version of it. Uh, The director was George Cukor. It was adapted from a play uh, by Patrick Hamilton, There was an earlier version of the film made, and um, as uh, Judith might reflect on, it uh, lacks something uh, that Gaslight uh, uh, doesn't, that Gaslight was able to achieve. Uh, It stars uh, Charles Boyer as uh, Gregory Anton, uh, Ingrid Bergman as Paula, Joseph Cotton as Brian, and Angela Lansbury in her first film, I believe. Uh, as the maid Nancy, uh, give a little synopsis. We're going to uh, borrow from Wikipedia the synopsis of the story. For those of you that haven't seen it, uh, feel free to um, to go see it. Uh, you can actually stop this podcast, go see it, and come back to it. Or you might be intrigued from this podcast uh, to go see it and then come back to it afterwards. After the uh, So the synopsis is this, after the death of her famous opera singing aunt, Paula, played by Ingrid Bergman, is sent to study in Italy to become a great opera singer as well. And while there, she falls in love with the charming Gregory Anton, played by Charles Boyer. The two return to London, and Paula begins to notice strange going-ons, missing pictures, strange footsteps in the night, and gaslights that dim without being touched. As she fights to retain her sanity, her new husband's intentions come into quen- question.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's see, that's a very good synopsis. It is, yeah.
2: So. <laughs> where,
1: where would you like to jump into? Uh, I, I want to leave room for the feminine because this is, you know, this is a per- story from the perspective of the protagonist, which is, is. Paula.
2: It is. It is. And one of the things we we talked about were or was um, taking the subjective view of interpretation, mm-hmm. much like Jung uses uh, or named the two levels of interpretation for dreams, those being objective and subjective. That being that object, the objective level. Uh, as some of you may know, is you take every character in a dream and look at them objectively. If you're dreaming about a boyfriend, it's really about the boyfriend's psychology in the dream. The subjective level that Jung proposed is you take every person and even inanimate objects as parts of the protagonist, the the dreamer, and and this subjective level of interpretation has been applied to film. So, um, in as Dan said, the film is from the point of view of Paula, the the heroine in the movie, and the ca- other characters. We can start thinking about as aspects of her. Um, so that that's an important piece um, to because we're gonna be talking about her animus, which is the, um, which shows up in this film in both it's positive and it's negative aspects. Um, And um, so from the opening scene, should we just dive right in? Yeah, let's start too. The opening scene shows a young girl being led out of the house in London, foggy London. I don't think it's ever sunny in this picture. It's
1: fog. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right.
2: <laughs> it's, it has that quality of film noir.
1: It does. And it does. I
2: think I mentioned to you, it, it, I can never remember that the director is Hitchcock.
1: Uh
2: huh. Because it feels Hitchcockian. In its, it does. In its suspenseful film noir aspects. So she's being led out of a house, and uh, uh, an elderly gentleman says to her, um, "She looks traumatic. She looks traumatized." Right. And this elderly gentleman says, "You've got to put what happened behind you."
3: hmm
2: And that's a theme that we will be touching on because it's a setup. This is your. I love your. You use that word, the setup, the archetypal setup for. Um, Things to unravel for her mm-hmm. to go badly because mm-hmm. she has put this trauma behind her.
1: Yes, yeah. You know, you know what occurs to you as you're saying that is how often in my um, analyses with with uh, patients, when 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 it comes out, I don't remember my childhood. Yes, you know how often, how often that comes about, and that's always a, a red flag for trauma, and you know, and stuff yes. that's going to need to unpack. And and here the this and this old man, whoever this guy is, I don't know if he's an executor of the estate or uh-huh. he is an, he's one of the father figures in this in this film, you uh-huh. know. And here it is, this father figure, very patriarchal. Uh, you know, trying to protect her yes. in, in his way, telling her, don't look back.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: don't look back.
2: Yes. And we know that the patients that we see that resist looking back
1: mm-hmm.
2: can't move on in their lives. I mean, that's yes. a general statement, but I think it holds.
1: Yeah, I think so, too.
2: They, they can't move on with um, because the psyche, I think we know, wants to be. Healed and known. So yes. it's holding this stuff, um, uh, it, it, it just paralyzes people.
3: Yeah. yeah. So it's,
2: it's, analysis is negotiating that resistance. With yeah. Because they also want to move forward. But.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So then we see Paula. It's, I think the timeline is it's like 10 years later. She goes yeah. off to Italy. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, she meets... This psychopath.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Who's just there. You know, you know what that reminds you of? You you, you talked about when we were talking the fairy tale, the Grimm's fairy tale, Fitcher's Bird.
3: Mm -hmm. I went
1: back to it and Mm. this just, this blows me away. So how he, how she, how does Paul get captured? Well, we don't know exactly, but Fitcher's Bird, uh, the capture happens when the sorcerer, um, goes to the house of these maidens and has the basket and Mm -hmm. he presents himself as a as an old man that needs that's hungry that needs food so he's he's constellating the maternal Uh instincts in Uh these maidens that and then and then it says all he has to do is touch them
2: yes
1: and they and and they come into they jump in the (laughs) <laughs> it just cracks me up. It's like, wow, how does Gregory Anton show up? He's just there, <laughs> like he's always there, right?
2: Yes, yes. Well, I, you know, now we, having watched the film and, and kind of unpacked it a bit, we know he must have been stalking her,
1: Stalked knowing her, yes. that she
2: was the niece of, well, here's spoiler alert, right, yeah. Of yeah, yeah. the aunt that he murdered. yes. So he was yeah. stalking her and yeah, he just appears. And of course he, uh, it's funny, Dan, I remembered um, that uh, my, my parents loved film. And so that's how I got my love of film. And I remember growing up hearing that Charles Boyer, who plays Gregory, had quote, bedroom eyes.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow.
2: <laughs> great, great. That is great. So he seduces her. Yeah. He seduces her, and there's a big age difference there, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. She's very young in this.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And even the characters are. Even
1: the character, yeah.
2: yeah. difference. So he woos her. Um, and, then, and then as the story unfolds, she, we, the, I think that what's so powerful uh, with this film is that we see she's a very self-possessed young woman, Mm -hmm. she's a very independent young woman she so there's a scene early on where Gregory says let's get married or or her it this detail maybe isn't important but the music teacher says to her you're preoccupied what's going on and she she admits that she she what does she say she's not ready to commit herself she knows
1: she's not singing like her aunt Yes. Um, she yes. says she, not. Yes. and he says, it's not your, and she says, it's my voice. No, he goes, it's not your voice. It's this, you, your aunt embodied the tragedy that you're singing and was able to convey that in her voice. And you're, you know, I don't know what he says. You're in La La Land or something like that. He figures out that she's in love is yes. what happened and that yes. she can't get to the dark of the tragedy of the of the opera and so and he's another father figure right
2: yes yes.
1: that invites her to you know give up you know take take a break from this this tragic stuff and and go you know go with your boyfriend and be in love right and I don't I I don't what to make of that he's like it he's like instead of no, you need to do this work. Yeah, he's colluding with the yeah. predator. Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. But but she takes it as oh, isn't she gets very excited when he when he yes. figures out that yes. and sees her that she's in love. He gets, she's very excited about that, yes. right?
2: Yes.
1: So he's yeah. in one sense a positive
2: yes. father
1: figure, but in another sense he's he is colluding with this romanticized, idealized. Uh, falling in love business, which we know is a setup, <laughs> a setup for the predator, right?
2: Right, right. Maybe we could say even at this early point that there's the telos.
3: Yeah, there's the yeah.
2: unfolding that yeah. the unconscious is triggering mm. to ultimately work through. The
1: yeah, trauma. yeah.
2: So, and at this early stage, all
1: of these characters, all of these these um, elements are colluding. Right. Right. towards this goal that's a good right, point
2: right. and you have noted how tightly constructed this film is how every scene almost is is numinous yes once you once you get once you've seen it I, like any visionary yes film, and yes. i want to talk about that at some point the differences and what makes the film visionary will have these clues uh that are planted almost unconsciously in the director or the screenwriter that once you are onto the, onto it, you see how tightly packed it is and how brilliant it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I I
1: just want to add one thing. When you said uh, Gregory was, was uh, stalking her, I had looked up the etymology of all the names they all have relevance because Gregory oh, uh, means it's, uh, it's I, I think, Latin for watchful. Huh. Anton means priceless.
2: Oh, that's
1: Anthony, it comes from Anthony, it means priceless. So huh. those have relevance to the story, I think. And we know Paula means small.
2: Huh.
1: Which you know automatically uh puts her in this archetypal position of being the 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 weak yeah
2: the feminine
1: inno- the innocent, innocent, feminine innocent feminine that yeah. has to be initiated
2: right? yes, yes, oh that's wonderful, it's wonderful to look at the names,
1: yeah. yeah so so again in that scene, um everything is set, and then and then she goes off to 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 see Gregory's in secret, which is an interesting image, right? That they're hiding yes. their love affair yes, from the very yes. beginning.
2: And we see him pressure her. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out they've only known each other two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's pressuring her to marry her. And then she says significantly, because of how the, uh, the plot unfolds, she says, look, I need some time.
3: Mm.
2: this is too fast or yes it feels so modern The story even though it's taken yeah, 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 yeah. Victorian times um give me some time and I'm going to go off by myself
3: mm-hmm.
2: to the lakes uh, and then we see her and he says okay he lets her go and she's then on a train and she's in a, the car uh, Car on the train with an old woman who, it turns out, all these synchronicities, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is reading a murder mystery.
1: Bessie, yeah.
2: Bessie, and it turns out she's in. She happens to be a neighbor. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the of the. Uh,
1: in that building, you know, where the aunt was the neighborhood killed. Neighborhood
2: and where the ant was killed, and 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 the neighbor, the woman on the train, is very. Um,
1: Chatty and it's uh, kind of a busybody, actually. She is. She's a nosy. She's just an interesting character. She's nosy. She's a busybody. She starts off that scene with a, oh, you know, this <laughs> th- delightful exclamation because she's reading a murder, a, a, a story about a husband who murders his wives and and stores them in the in the cellar, right? Who
2: knows? It could have been
1: Spur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing's wasted, no, right? That, no, so that, that's no. the archetypal backdrop of of yes. the story. This yes,
2: yes. murderous husband. Yes, nothing is wasted. And uh,
1: you, mm-hmm. oh, I was just going to say the I saw the last time I saw this. I'm going if everything is meaningful, you know, if you use that lens, then the scene where she gives her a, a digesting cookie a, for a cookie to help with her yes. digestion. Which I didn't catch the first couple of times I saw the film. But I'm but, thinking, wow, that's, that's brilliant. What does di- digest mean? Digest means to divide and carry, literally. Yeah,
2: or, or to metabolize.
1: Metabolize. <laughs> it's, she's she's like, here, you're going to need this, right?
2: That's great. <laughs> you're going to need this. I never pick that up in how many times
1: I <laughs> see. Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so she, so the the busybody Bessie asks her, you know, where how it comes out that they live, that, that, that.
1: Yeah. And there was a murder. Yeah. yeah. She says, that oh, one. we live. Lo- yeah. And she knows. And she, and Ingrid Bergson, yeah, I, I, I know of that area, you know, and she could see that she's getting, she's
3: getting anxious. She's yeah. Getting anxious. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then she brings yes. up the murder. Yes. That there was a murder in that building. Oh, yes. yeah. I heard about that. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. And so she's really rattled. Paula is rattled yeah. walking off of that train. Yeah. And then there's that great scene. Where she's yeah. just walking off the train car. And in a Hitchcockian move, we see this hand off come into the camera view. Yeah. And it turns out it's Gregory who's yeah. followed her there.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And she's so relieved. Yeah. Because she didn't want to be alone, because she got triggered. She got her complex got her we could we say her trauma complex got triggered.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And he somehow knows this. Yes. Well you know, you know right? He's he 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 is so attuned to her and her complexes somehow. I was um Mm-hmm. I was reading um, Hillman, and it's, this is real relevant.
3: Mm.
1: He says, "The combination of knowledge and power and the magical use of it for evil seems like the propensity of Senex consciousness. He's talking about Senex consciousness. Wow. Wow. And, and that strike that, that, you know that fits the, fair, the Fitchersbird fairy tale. Right. So, this idea that knowledge and power, uh, you know, which brings up the sadistic, right? Sadism.
2: Right. Well, let's. The dark arrows. Yeah. Let's refer back to that because that's highly relevant for how this plot unfolds.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: The whole. um, We will. What does she know? Um, Yes. And and the, the levels of consciousness about what she knows and how she goes unconscious. Right, which is the image of the gaslight,
3: right? It? Yeah,
2: so could we say then, Dan, with your interest in the predator, that that predator e- energy is always Senex energy? Yeah,
1: it seems like it, you know. As, as I'm reading Hillman, the Senex is about um melancholy and brooding and darkness, and then, you know, as you started out, the, this is a film noir, this just the whole mm-hmm. atmosphere of the film has this. This darkness to it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and on the negative side of the Senex is the is Saturn and the and I think the predator
2: mm-hmm. too
1: lies in there because he's so astute at knowing something, knowing of her,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and then capitalizing on that mm-hmm. and using that.
2: And there's a pair of opposites, isn't it, with her innocence. Yes. She's a, she's a kind of puella. Yeah. But like you said, uninitiated. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's, there's the opposites.
1: And you know, and young, you know, from you know the red book, ah, um, put the the young feminine and the old man. Yes. Together. Salome right?
2: and Elijah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know they they they're together, and you know, and that could have its negative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Senex uh, component to it, right? Mm-hmm.
2: But I wonder if those two opposites are really um, what triggers the transcendent function. Mm-hmm.
1: The mm-hmm.
2: power of those two. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, let's keep that concept, yeah. the transcendent function, because that's what's guiding this whole thing, right? This, yes. yes. This movement into consciousness.
2: Yes. So, so in terms of the plot, then they do get married. He takes mm-hmm. her, they, they have a honeymoon. And then he, there's this beautiful scene where he says, I have this dream
3: Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. he
2: wants to go back to London. Yeah, And she needing to please, being the uninitiate she is, and, and the character is so relevant for clinically, for working with our female clients in mm-hmm. patriarchy, She says, I want to give you the stream. And I happen to have a house in London.
3: Mm, Yeah, right, right, right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so they go back to the home. And it's where
1: the murder took place. Where the
2: murder occurred. Yes. The return of the trauma. And she's a bit wary, justifiably. Uh, We see her very kind of skittish. Right. oh
1: yeah yeah and and uh, speaking of it, there's a scene when she when he he enters the house first and he says uh come, come on in, Paula, don't stand in the doorway and and she was she was standing in the doorway. and I'm thinking of thresholds of initiation right yes. she she some on some level knows that this she is moving into An initiatory experience with all its dangers,
2: right? right? And we know this is the realm of the trickster.
1: Yes. Those
2: liminal spaces. Yeah. And that's, we're going to be hopefully getting to that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Terms
2: of what the trickster in both sides of that split, positive and negative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The doorway.
1: The doorway, that, that space, wow. transitional space that Winnicott yes. uses for play, mm-hmm. and and for uh, for initiation. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to talk about the trickster now, or do you want
2: to? Yeah, le, sure. Um, it's the it's been named as you uh, named it as the collective shadow. Mm-hmm. Other writers have named it as the, the archetype of individuation. Mm-hmm. the archetype of um the self. Mm-hmm. So we've got some big guns here yeah. <laughs> operating yes. some numinous, real numinous energy. Yes. That's being um awakened here. Yes. The whole in the whole plot. Um it uses humor. We don't see too much humor
1: in, mm-hmm. this, no. in
2: this film. Not much at That's all. A,
1: yeah. It's another thing Hillman says about the cynics. There's no humor. There's yeah. no laughter here. This is serious stuff. This
2: is serious stuff. This is yeah. Um, but the trickster upends our typical way of being. Um, uh, it just dis- the the, the etym- etymologically it means disrupting the ordinary. Mm. So something big is going to be. Upended and destabilized,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we'll see that big time in her, in her um, psychology.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know the other way. Th- thinking about the trickster, going back to uh, Jung's essay on, on the trickster, is it has um, it has a throwback to our animal nature.
2: Yes, mythologically. And, yes. yes. That energy.
1: And that um, I don't know if he said that a Raiden, uh, he's quoting Raiden, that all of civilization could be summed up as a forgetting of the trickster. Yes. <laughs> is that right? Because that's what she's forgotten, right? Uh, is you know, the the whole murder, the you know, this whole yes. thing backstory yes. is a is is now the the film is a forgetting of it. And then having to go back and remember it.
2: And when you say animal nature, you also mean, and you have said this, the instinctual.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Instinctual. And so we, you know, our Western cultures don't want to admit that we're animal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. uh, And we have instincts that have to be. Uh, fulfilled or uh, because and of course Jung accommodated that in his theories with the archetype being both the instinctual side and Mm. the spiritual side
1: yes yes yes
2: so there's he didn't split them as western culture splits them that's right so the rest of the film once they're back in the house is an unfolding of his uh Manipulation, Gregory's yeah. manipulation of her, yes. her uh, struggling with trying to remember that you said the process of remembering,
1: right? And the isolating. So this yeah. this whole composite of uh, maneuverings and manipulations to separate her, mm-hmm. uh, to control her, to control her, to undermine her. Uh, consciousness undermined her ego, her even her executive function. Yes, um, is uh, it's just diabolical.
2: Diabolical. The
1: way he does it.
2: Yes, and let's say here uh, to introduce the whole way the term gaslighting mm-hmm. introduced in a big way in the culture um, last political election yes. cycle. Yes, and um, people were talking about how we were being gaslighted as a country, with the whole um, deception and, and this the polarization of how news had become fake news in some quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the gaslighting entered the vernacular in a mm-hmm. big way a few years ago, and um, at, at, but we know in our field that. Um, that is a psychological maneuver in an individual level, but, but it, it happened at a national level. And yes. I'm still dealing with that. Um,
1: yeah. So, are thinking of, um, well, if we, if, if, so what does this time period mean in, in relationship to the story? If we see ourselves as having to go through this Paula Stage of unconsciousness, of innocence, of um, almost a, a, a naive uh, relationship to these, to the institutions that we had come to oh, yes. to be be uh, enamored with. Right? There's like, and Senex again. Uh, Hillman says Senex is is in institutions or institutions mm. uh, law. Rules, regulations are, are part of the Senate's consciousness. And, per, you know, so is there, have we been innocent, innocently, um, you know, in love with our, you know, democratic institutions? And is somehow this, you know, this this world stage upheaval of the trickster coming in and turning all of that upside down? Is it serving some larger purpose
2: that's wonderful, Dan. I, I would hope I, to hold on to some hope there in terms of yeah. a more hopeful outcome, but yes
1: um, yeah. It seems like we're like holding on to it, just just trying to hold on to it these, yes. these past few years of what do, you know what does democracy mean and, and I never thought it could slip away like that. We had t- been taken taken advantage of it.
2: Well, you know, in terms of that, I think we could say that we have neglected as a country to face our traumatic past. Yeah. Yeah. Racial
1: yes. Tragedy.
2: So that is our trauma that we yeah. have not faced, and now with you know, organizations like Black Lives Matter, hopefully, the, all of that trauma is more—it's more in our consciousness. Yeah. And hopefully,
1: engender and the Me Too movement. Yeah. And yeah, the, the synchronicity of all that, right, right,
2: yeah, yeah. So, uh...
1: the particular, um, particular scenes in that—you know—that gradual deterioration where she's being mm. slowly driven insane—that stand out for you.
2: Do mm. you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, yes. And maybe it's good here to point out the, the, the scenes that, that where she kind of comes to.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it.
2: He loses it.
1: He loses uh, it. He,
2: he gets angry at different, yeah. right from the, the it's actually in the beginning with the scene where they're just entered the house. They cross the threshold. Yes. <laughs> they're in the house. They, he, they, things are dusty and dirty. And he says, you know, we'll move out some of these old furniture. Yeah. So you won't be reminded of, of the, of whatever happened here. He's playing dumb. And, uh, and so he sits down at the piano and starts playing because he's an accompanist. Yes. The aunt's accompanist. And a letter falls out of a spot that Paula picks up. And it's a letter synchronistically, that he had written to the aunt before he murdered her and she starts reading it and he loses it.
1: He He loses it, grabs it.
2: And she gets stunned by his rage. Yeah. And uh, she kind of, and he covers it up and, you know, just makes some excuses. Right. But, she you you watch angry she won the academy award for this she deserved she, it yeah yeah she you watch her consciousness kind of come to light right
3: yeah 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 yeah.
2: he goes she you can you can actually kind of catch her stream of consciousness like yeah. what's going well, on here
1: <laughs> yeah what
2: was that rage about yeah uh, and so she kind of like comes,
1: the trance, like she's like yeah. she she's um, in a trance and then she's like knocked out of the trance for that knocked moment. out
2: of the trance. Yeah. And, you know, I I, uh, it, I have thought that maybe hit, if, if we stick with the um, subjective level and he's her negative. Animus, right. I wonder if we could see that as an anima animus attack mm. on her. And her ego in that moment is strong enough to to say, "What is this?"
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: To kind of step out of that possession. Yeah, yeah. By the negative animus.
1: You know what's so interesting is you're talking about this. You're you're absolutely right, because I'm and I'm thinking of my analysands mm. and that type of uh, animus um, explosion
3: mm-hmm.
1: would put. My analysis often in a state of, oh, I did something wrong. Uh, What, you know, and, and, you know, just in tears, they collapse, right? But she did not collapse. It was the opposite. She was in a moment of, what is going on here? And it's almost as if she could have held that, (laughs) she would have become more suspicious, right? right? But she, she lost it. She lost, it. and there's a couple of scenes like that. Was she? Yes. Where he explodes.
2: Yes, and she gets the ego strength she that's there, but buried underneath this need to please and
1: right, right,
2: uh, and and acts on it. But then he maneuvers her in ways that keep his power and control over her. Yeah, you know, I was thinking too, Dan, that I think at least for women i don't know if this is this is maybe true for men and the negative anima possessions but yeah. women they can get ga- we gaslight ourselves yeah yeah that's the, that's the implication of it yeah. if we look at it subjectively yeah we gaslight ourselves every time we doubt yeah. our abilities and what we know yeah so like the imposter syndrome yes um, all of that self doubt that my female clients talk about a lot yes um, we're 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 gaslighting ourselves yeah. we're yeah. undermining our own our own abilities our own yeah. capacity to claim what we claim,
1: know to claim that's a perfect word yeah, and the um and and so there's there's installed another way of looking at it, the the predator is installed before she even meets yes. Anton or uh, Gregory, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's intra-psychically there. Yes. So he becomes a perfect um,
2: projection yes. for that, right? Yes, and that is a good opening to say that what we've noted is that she, she didn't know her father.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Her mother died. It, I think a childbirth, or she, so she was living with her aunt, who's murdered yeah. when she's twelve or fourteen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't have the images of, or had the experience of her parents. Yes. So the predator is more easily insinuating itself because of those loss of a grounding yes. in in good parenting. Or yeah. So Those are a lot of and you,
1: and you said that in a particular way, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get it right, but you can you can fix it um, that in, in the absence of the mediated archetype it, to experience the archetype directly right we, parents. we experience it as as what I, for, I forget how you put that.
2: Well you know when I was in training. Actually, another candidate had that there was a line that really was great. It the, she said that when the parents are absent, yes, the archetypes babysit.
1: That's right, that's right, that's right,
2: <laughs> isn't that brilliant? That's right. So, yeah, because and
1: both great poles
2: great. of the yeah.
1: archetype, right? Because uh-huh. there's uh-huh. because it's it, it's they're experiencing the archetypal directly, they're experiencing both poles, the positive. And the negative and the positive, I think, you know, becomes part of the idealization. Like right. she's, you know, she's enamored with his, you know, his uh charisma, right? Right. And then the negative pole, uh, too, right. is a direct
2: right. She's right? charmed by him, right? Yeah, so both poles, right? Because there's this very important idea that the parents in good parenting humanize yes archetypal energy yes so that they can be more um uh interjected yes in that, in that humanized way so that that she can have the ego strength to claim what she knows and move on in her life and develop
1: right right and in the absence of that in a, in a yes. therapeutic situation the analyst becomes yes. that Mediator, right? The yes. analyst carries that as part of the transference. Right,
2: right, exactly. That's an important point. Mm-hmm. Excellent
1: point. Right. Oh, I wanted to throw in, uh, So, the, the etymology of Sergius mm. is protector, <laughs> you know, which conjures up uh, Kelshed and the persecutor protector yeah. self care system. Right. Yes,
2: now let's say Sergius is the name
1: he That was the previous, previous name, that
2: name that he yeah.
1: used with the ant, which is yeah. which is an interesting image because it's kind of like um what's underneath what's underneath his name? Well there's a there's this underlying identity, right? That's probably another made up name, but uh-huh. Even this other identity has this. So the Sergius's protector Bauer, his last name, means birdcage or inner room, which brings up this idea of containment.
2: Yes.
1: Which goes back to the idea: what what is this trickster archetype bringing right. to her? Right. Right. Uh, the. It, it, it's it's an interesting image. Um, and Hillman okay. talks about the Senex as providing this uh, containment because the Senex is about limits.
2: Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, again, it feels to me like a telos is being yeah. enacted here yeah. uh, on, on both poles, positive mm-hmm. and negative. Right. And it's so interesting the etymology of these names. I, I have to assume that these are not accidents, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. The director may not, or the screenwriter may not have been completely aware, that yeah. something's operating in that process of, of choice Yeah, that's, that's out of, maybe out of their awareness, but is meaningful.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, you know, just, just the idea, of, we know how, you know, fairy tales evolve and are passed down generation to generation, but these films too have their own evolution and they go through many different people, often, mm-hmm. right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And they each bring something
2: mm-hmm.
1: to the to the
2: mm-hmm. to the story, right? And hopefully, reflective of some progressive mm-hmm. <laughs> understanding of yeah, 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 human evolution. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're at the uh, at the point where, um, so she. Um, I'm wondering uh, at what point is she, um, is he really, and this is the scene that really gets to me
3: Mm -hmm.
1: when he realizes that she's, you know, wants to go out. Right. He he knows that. And so he tells her that he made plans to go to the theater
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and, and she gets so excited Mm-hmm. And she says something very interesting. She said, "You're so kind." She gets, yeah. she loves him. She's kissing him. Oh, you're so wonderful. You're so kind to me. Um, and of course, he just, he just was setting her up,
2: yeah, playing with her,
1: playing with her. And then after that, he's, you know, he goes to the, to the where the, p- the picture is missing, and says, "What, what did you do with this?" painting you know and you know and that just sends up is this idea um, Judith that of that this setup for the trauma in other words you know Kelshed uses this image um, of you know somebody that he he had in therapy it was actually a psychotherapist and he uses this story. Where the little, when she was a little girl, she went to, uh, they, they, they moved into a new house and she was so excited. She wanted to celebrate the moment. And so she gave her mother, uh, a bunch of flowers that she picked. And the mother's reaction was she got upset with her. She scolded her and she took her over to the next door neighbor to apologize for having. Cut her her uh, her flowers right, and that was traumatizing to the child. And uh, and my thinking around that is that to tr- what made it more traumatizing was the child was set up for a different response yes. because the child was seeking something else, right?
3: Yes.
1: And Paula's reaction to his uh, generosity uh, of taking her out. Was like, oh yeah, this is true. This is really the man I fell in love with. Yes. Not this yes. other guy, you yes. know. This this is the man. It's like, oh my God, You're, thank you. You're saving the image that I have of you, yes. right?
2: That fits the romanticized yes. good guy. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the yes. Actor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and then after that, she uh, he tells her, you know, and then she goes to find the pain. The, the, the other part of that scene is when they're walking up the stairs and this is this is just brilliant to me. She is figuring out okay, she just uses logic, which an insane person couldn't do right She's figuring out okay if this, these things are true and I am truly going crazy mm-hmm. He said she says to him, then then Gregory, you're going to have to be kind to me. Remember that you're going to have to be kind to me. Yes, and he just just stares straight ahead, no response, um, and is cold. is just cold, completely cold. Yeah, that's that scene really got to
2: me. Yes, yes, because she's so human in that moment. But yes, to better so called quote unquote better nature. Yeah, um, but I think you're bringing up a great point in terms of the blindsidedness Mm set up like here i'm going to take you to the theater but oh i just noticed the picture on the wall that's missing again yes you do this to me you know i'm the victim now the 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 predator is the victim yeah um i'm just trying to help you but you're you're not (laughs) you're not who i thought you were yeah that's all a a setup but so there's the trickster again that's surprise element yeah, Like that that expecting the unexpected, the yeah. unexpected happens that the ego doesn't expect.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, that disruption of what we think we know, but, yeah. but he's using it to dominate and control and maneuver her into thinking that she's going insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a coldness. And Hillman mm. talks about the coldness of the Cenex. mm. Mm-hmm. You know, the cold the coldness the the distance the separation the you know the separatio yeah. uh of the of the process this uh-huh. uh just absolute coldness in a moment when she is desperate
2: yeah
1: desperate for uh connection desperate yeah
2: and most opposite of that coldness. She's alive. She's excited. Yeah. She's even, he's playing at the piano and he's, she's dancing around the room. Yeah. Oh, we're going to the theater because. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's singing. Yeah, you're right. She's just, yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's interesting because what I'm remembering too is either before that, um, there's that, the camera is such a character sometimes in this movie, not always like in some film, but there's a scene where, he walks toward her and the, yeah. and we see him come at her through her eyes. And he is acting, he's like so cold and yeah. evil. You can feel yeah. the evilness of, of him. Yeah. No yeah. bedroom eyes here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. In fact, when you, said, when you said eyes, there's a couple of scenes. One, when he was, I think, looking at the, the, um, the, the gems, the, what do you call them? The,
2: yeah,
1: the jewels. The jewels, uh, the jewels. Crown jewels. Crown jewels, thanks. Mm-hmm. And the way the camera and the lighting, the, his his eyes appear black. His pupils are black, but there's this, this light that shines on his pupils. And mm-hmm. if you've ever looked at the, uh, there's an image of Bluebeard. Uh, <laughs> In a plate, an old plate of of Bluebeard from the fairy tale Bluebeard, which is another, like Mm -hmm. another murderous husband Mm -hmm. theme, and his eyes Mm -hmm. are scary. (laughs) His eyes are scary, and this this what this what reminded me of in those scenes, the way they used the Mm -hmm. camera to capture, Mm -hmm. you know, his eyes in in two two I think two scenes. Where he gets this, you know, far off,
2: yeah, otherworldly,
1: otherworldly look. I think, I, th- I think when she pulls down the, the drape from the painting, the portrait ah. of the ant, he's he has that same look in his eye when he
2: uh huh he sees uh-huh. her, and of course that mirrors one of the la- last lines in one of the last scenes where he says to her, I, I. I uh, there was a fire in my brain or something yeah there yeah yeah, yeah a fire. yeah a fire.
1: Yeah. yeah that's it's it's a good point yeah Can he's you- describing what the director was picturing was was portraying in in the look of him mm.
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: this fire,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an amazing scene, and uh, where you're describing with the picture. Where so, but before that, um, that scene at the tower where he, we know now, he having seen the whole movie, he had misplaced. It's all about misplacing. He's misplacing the objects and yeah. trying to catch her and thinking that she has forgotten yeah. where she has misplaced. Yeah, so all that deception and manipulation to undermine her ability to know what she knows and to trust her own knowing. Yes. Uh, and that scene in a tower, he has misplaced her brooch. Yes. And uh, they're at the Tower of London and there's yeah, a yeah, yeah. talking about the executions. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and that's mirroring his diabolical executing that he's sat yeah. out with her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you know, and the the beheading of uh, the guys is you know to, oh, then this is where they were beheaded, you know this with the image of this dismemberment and yeah. this this uh all of this gaslighting that he's doing is dis is is severing mm-hmm. her thinking from her instincts yes. uh her head from her body and because she doesn't trust anything. She doesn't trust her instincts until Joseph Cotton shows up.
2: Yes, let's talk about Joseph Cotton. And I think your use of dismemberment is right on. That yeah. is that yeah. is the word. Um, which
1: is, you know, the image in the fairy tales. Yes. Um,
2: that's both right. fairy the very tales. Right? Yes. There's that, an actual dismemberment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's is, I think the, the dismemberment is a good image for What's going on psychologically for her? Because her, this is just a, you know, yeah. completely uh, cutting up yes. uh, everything uh, that yeah. she knows, everything yes. that she thought she knew.
2: Right, and would for, that be? Oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. No, with I mean, with a with a larger purpose at the end. The the telos is, says, you know, having a larger purpose at the end, but the the process of it is just
2: right. Would that be the mortification? Yeah. Alchem- yeah. Because there is one alchemical plate. I forget if it's in the Rosarium. Maybe in the Sol- uh, Splendor Solus, where there's actual an, a, a, a figure cutting up. Yes. Yes. That is like an, a reminiscent of the Splendor necklace. The Splendor Solus. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Dan got frozen on this. Uh, what happened to the audio here? We had our own dismemberment here. Can you hear me, Dan? <laughs> oh, you're back.
1: Judith, I lost you for a second.
2: Yeah, yeah, we lost you too. It was our own dismemberment here. <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. I isn't there something? A parallel process <laughs> going on with technology in this moment.
1: <laughs> and precisely that moment. Oh, my goodness. Yes. yes. Yeah, let's well let's finish let's finish the story from that perspective, and then we'll go back through it from the male perspective. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, to finish the plot, Joseph Cotton has been watchful and voyeuristic yeah. and interested because he was smitten by the aunt when he was a boy. He went to this to the opera of uh, Romeo and Juliet. He went backstage. He meets the aunt. She gives him. Yes. One of her gloves, uh, and he, car- he carries it the rest of his life into manhood, and that's what he uses to gain her trust. Yes, when he comes to try and convince her that something nefarious is going on here, right? Yes, yes. and so he's he was smitten by the anima image of yes. the aunt, and then re-smitten by the image of the niece. <laughs> When, he's, when he sees her in the square and he's with his nephew and, and niece, which is an interesting introduction to the character. And then um, he, he his, whole, his whole thinking through this film was, how do I get in relationship to her? How yeah. do I get to meet her? How do I get to – and he, he gets more bolder and bolder as the story progresses right? Yes. Even being tricksterish, you pointed out, oh, he yeah. seems, he's pretty tricksterish too, because he gets yes. the lady across the street right. to pretend uh, that he's her nephew, Yes. right? And yes. that they're going there to see how she's doing and stuff like that. Um, right. But eventually he convinces her. And there's a scene that you you point out when he's when he's a, he's asking her question he does it in such a way as to ask her questions yes. so gregory goes out and then the gaslight go the gaslight goes down and you know it's almost like an analyst right that you know yes. asking these questions yes. and then he finally uh he finally yes uh, he finally says um to her you, you so who's doing this and he goes um, he goes. Um, you know, don't you?
2: You know, don't you? <laughs> yes, it's brilliant, right? Because he he's aligned with that part of herself
3: yeah, that yeah, he yeah. does know. Yeah,
2: that has resisted seeing more yeah. fully yeah. the nefarious predator here. Yeah, so yeah. she does know, and so he, as a good. Analyst, I think yeah. that's great. That he is like a, an analyst, and um, he he gives it back to her so that yeah. she can again claim
1: claim yeah. that
2: ability within herself. Yeah, and because and 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 he he when they're there together, um, trying to piece this together, the gaslight goes
1: goes down, goes down, yeah.
2: and then goes back on, yeah. and he says, "Is that what happens?" So she knows that he. Now he's has the same experience. Yeah. And she's not insane.
3: Yeah. He's
2: witnessed yeah. the reality yeah of Gregory's And she's so
1: relieved. She's so just, relieved. just just how she responds in that so scene. Relieved. She's so relieved.
2: Yes. You know,
1: I think dance uh, that's such a such um such a numinous experience I think from an analyst's perspective when the analysis experiences that, right? And it's you know this light bulb go, yes. goes off and yes. and it's as if the analyst is seeing something that the analysis sense was there mm-hmm. but but you know with all the gaslighting that goes on in our culture didn't know and then and then it's like, oh, you see it too, yes.
2: right yes. you see she it too. It. You've named yes. it for me, and you get it. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes. So given that we have limited time, Dan, let's talk about the la- the, 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 the denoyment, you know. The-
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So so I'll preface the, the, this, yeah. the last scene from the perspective of the masculine. So if you mm-hmm. go through the whole story again from the perspective of the masculine, you have two masculine elements.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You have the one that gets in. With hello, <laughs> you know the Charles Boyer is in there without any resistance, Just touching, you know, her.
3: Like, just so touching her, her, just touching yeah.
1: her, just it, just touching her, and then you have this this other masculine, the positive masculine figure who has to, who's on the outside that has to find a way in yes. to this to this triadic or dyadic mm-hmm. uh, uh, relationship that seems to be so sealed, Yes. right? And he has got to, and he's, he's relentless in trying to get in to that um, and uh, to rescue, right? I think, yes. you know, one of the differences in experiences you described how um, angry you got, you know, yes, seeing this yes, movie again, right? Scene,
2: yes, but let's bring in from what you just said, there's yes. this concept that John Bebe is, uh, an analyst has talked about tricking the trickster. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes.
2: So it's almost like this positive, because the negative animus can be seen as a trickster, but they, then they, we have to trick it by maybe the the detective positive, yeah, tricking her into getting her to see that she really does know. And yeah. then there's this amazing last scene where they ca- the detective Brian captures her, uh, captures Gregory, ties him up uh finally puts all the pieces together and yeah. they, they they tussle they capture him they tie him up yeah. and she wants to confront him yes goes into the room herself she says yes. i need to talk with my husband yes and he's still caught by trying to think
1: save her that,
2: yeah to that she's on his side and yeah. he says release me, you know, there's a yeah. knife in my in the desk, get the knife and cut me loose and we'll escape together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she does this tricking <laughs> where she says, okay, I'll find the knife. Is this a knife?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see a knife.
2: I don't see a knife because I'm insane. <laughs> this isn't, this right. isn't a knife here in my hand. Um,
1: it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, and so she vents all of her righteous. It's my it's my own righteous feminist anger that relates to her righteous anger yeah. of confronting this yeah. predator. And um,
1: that she claims. That she, that she claims. claims? And so that's a beautiful scene where she claims her her, her anger, power, her rage, her, her, her power,
2: knowledge and her power, right? All
1: in that one scene. But yeah. I think what's what What's interesting from my perspective, remember, I, I'm coming at this film from, oh, you know, the hero it gets constellated, right? Mm-hmm. This, this happens in analysis. The hero gets constellated and the analyst has to be mindful of not undermining the autonomy mm-hmm. uh, and, and the healing powers that are within the analysand. And so when she says to... Joseph Cotton. I want to be alone with my husband, yes. and you know, and he says, "Well, I don't think that's a good idea." Yes. And she insists. Yes. Yes. His letting go of that. Yes. Is is yes. very important, right? His letting go. Okay. Okay. And uh, and so yes. she does her she does her trickster thing, which is another way of her now embodying the trickster. She has incorporated which is one of the digestibles, right? (laughs) She has to incorporate the trickster into her personality.
2: Yes. Yes. And Dan, could we say then that the detective needed just what you said about the analyst being able to allow the analysand to claim their own power. Would that be related to the feminine in the, let's say in a male analyst or they've,
3: uh,
2: would you want to name that as a feminine, or or his own wholeness, or allowing? Because you know we know that analysts have taken advantage of. Oh yeah. Of yeah. Specifically, feminine. Absolutely. Female clients. Well,
1: I th- and I think that raises a what point does it take
2: for the male analyst. Sorry to. Yeah. Allow because the
1: the the, the analyst holds both right. The, yes. In fact, I was. You know, I'm. Um. um Reaching the end of analysis with a woman I've been with for many years, a young woman. So she's grown up uh, mm. a lot since then. And I realized all of the elements in this film have been within our analysis.
2: Oh, my.
1: It, and it's it, because I, the predator is either out there or it's, or the predator could be me undermining in some way, her autonomy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That in some way, um, you know, I'm rescuing her in mm, the moment. Yes, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. being caught by that and, and, and having to, you know, realize that. And, but, but, you know, like, like Jung says, it flits about the trickster flits, yeah, flits about between about. the analyst and the, and Allison, and it's all been in there. Whoa, this this whoa. whole, this whole, all the elements in this film.
3: Huh. Huh. Uh,
1: so, 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 so to, just a, a final thing. So, the this this to me is about the masculine and the feminine trying to uh, reach a a, a a relationship of rightness. In other words, mm. in order for to be in right relationship
3: mm. to mm. each other,
1: they mm. have to go through this mm. this initiatory process with the predator, mm. which because you can't just jump into, if you jump into romance and you don't take these into consideration, this, mm-hmm. these these trickster animalistic, these shadow, uh, collective shadow elements, mm-hmm. then you you can doom the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the end of the film is Joseph Cotton, you know, saying, you know, if I'd like to see you from t- you know time to yeah, time, and she yeah. said, oh, that would be great, and she touches. His arm, right? Oh. And then they just as Bessie comes out and goes, ooh, <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yes. So it's like, okay, yeah, this is about Paula's individuation, but it's also yeah. about both yes. the masculine and feminine yes. having to go through this to come into right relationship to have yes. the the conjunctio. Yes. You, yes, and therein about, lies right? the
2: wholeness. Yes, yeah. outwardly and inwardly, could we yeah. say? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I would say too um, that for women, leaving in feminine psychology, leaving, uh, getting, getting up, um, transcending a bit the roles of the maiden, the mother, um, even the muse for a man, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. the you know, um, and getting right with their own. Power and
1: knowledge, and yes, they are. Um, yeah, you know, and we were talking about the cynics of Gregory. Well, the Pooh air of Brian, yes,
3: uh,
1: Brian, Brian's etymology is it means honorable and noble, uh, which uh, really, really fits right, awesome, it fits yeah. the positive image of the masculine, a positive image of the father, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: which uh, I think was, uh. Mm -hmm. is you know and then the the last scene where he uh where gregory is tied up i told Mm -hmm. you that i love that Mm -hmm. in in the other iterations of the film there's you know this this you know sleuthing that goes on of trying to trick to figure out and to for for the predator to self-disclose what he's doing yeah which is intellectually cute but just the image of this rope tied around this trickster <laughs> i love it like that's what we have to do with the trickster is capture uh, capture uh, rope him up and because we're not going to get rid of him and just know where he's at right
2: <laughs> keep him in our purview. Like yeah, like, yeah like yeah like
1: the the winnebago indians where i think the, uh-huh. the the trickster god uh they they installed with the other gods to keep an eye on him <laughs> I love that.
2: Well, we have, he has, will have to escape at some point to, you know, wreck havoc, but then that's right, the yeah. Right, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been really enjoyable, Dan. I love it. Thank you. I love Until it. Thank time. you so much.
1: Till next time, our, we'll have another one on another film or maybe even a director. So you guys can look forward to that.
2: Stay tuned.
1: Thanks, Judith. I'll see Thank you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
2: Bye.
0: This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Share it all you like as long as you maintain the attribution to the speaker, but please do not change it or sell it. If you like this episode, tell your friends about us or leave us a review on iTunes. For more information about classes, training programs, videos, audio, this podcast, or to find a Jungian analyst near you, visit our website, www.jungchicago.org. Thank you to our 2020 donors who gave at the contributing member level and above. Barbara Anand, Usha Inashar Beatty, Jackie Cabe, Brian, Eric Cooper and Judith Cooper, Kevin Davis, George J. Didier, Mary Doherty, James Fidelibus, John Koroluski, Marty Manning, Diane Sherwood, Deborah P. Stutzman, Deborah Tobin, Alexander Wayne and Lynn Kopp, Gerald Weiner, Karen West and James Taylor, and Ellen Young. If you would like to join our generous community of supporters, just go to youngchicago.org slash give.